Well, good morning. Welcome to Word of Life Chapel this morning. We're so glad that you could join us as we have kind of the first of our Christmas services here at Word of Life Chapel. Um, this morning, we're going to have a special presentation from our uh, children, and uh, I think we are all very excited to see this. So um, a couple of announcements to share with you before this begins, while they get ready. If you could open your bulletins with me real quick. Um, next Sunday, there is no Sunday school. The service will start at 9.30 a.m., 9.30 a.m., and due to Christmas Eve being on Sunday and having a Sunday morning service, there will be no Christmas Eve service in the evening. Our Christmas Eve service will be in the morning. Um, movie on the wall. January 20th, uh, we're planning to have two indoor movies shown here at the church. Um, there's going to be one for adults upstairs and one for children downstairs. There's a sign-up sheet in the fellowship hall. Um, if you could check that out, that would be awesome. The movie for adults is God's Not Dead 2, and for children is Pete's Dragon. So um, both, both great movies. Um, we congratulate Mike Bear and Kelly Schlegel, who were united in marriage this past Thursday evening here at Word of Life Chapel. Congratulations. Um, also, if you could please check the table under the mailboxes to see if you have a Christmas card. We have a table that we put underneath the mailboxes, and sometimes if you don't have a mailbox, or even if you do, Christmas cards get stuck there with your name on them. So that way you can open up these Christmas cards and enjoy them. Please check that table in case there are any there. Would you pray with me this morning? Great God, we are so thankful for Christmas. Lord, we are so thankful for what it means. Father, in Jesus coming as a baby, Lord, we ask this morning, Father, you would use the children's program, you would use the choir and the different carols we sing, the message, Lord, just to speak to our souls this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Hymn number 110, Angels from the Realms of Glory. Would you stand with me this morning as we sing this together? Angels from the realms of glory Stop. 
great singing. You may be seated. At the right time, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary, who was promised to be married to a man named Joseph. Greetings, Mary. God is with you. scared and wondered what was going on, but the angel told her. Joseph prepared in the meantime leader of the Roman world decided that a census should be taken. So Joseph and Mary packed up their donkey and went to Bethlehem. That's because Joseph was from David's family, and Bethlehem was known as David, the town of David. When they went to Bethlehem, it was so crowded and busy. Since everyone got counted, there were so many people in town. Mary and Joseph had a lot of trouble finding a place to stay. 
finally found a place, and it was in a stable. They stayed in somewhere, someone's barn, but that night Mary had a baby. Jesus was born in a stable, and Mary wrapped him up and laid him in the animal's manger. were also in the same area some shepherds who were out watching over their sheep. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were very afraid. But the angel told them not to be afraid, and told them about Jesus' birth. Then a whole bunch of angels were there, and they praised God. They said, Glory to God in the highest, and peace to men on earth. Then the shepherds left. They ran to find baby Jesus. When they got there, they worshipped him. After they were done, they left and told everyone about what they had seen that night.
Test. Test. Test, test.
you now to take your hymn book and turn with me to hymn number 105 and as we sing together I'd like for you to stand hymn number 105 what child is this who laid to rest <coughs> Oh 
Union, maybe. Let's bow for a moment before the throne of grace. Father, we come before you this, uh, this day, and we are thankful. We are grateful, Lord, that you have brought us again to this time of year, the time when, Lord, our minds are focused on the coming of Jesus into this world. We thank you for the incarnation, God becoming flesh and dwelling among us. Because, Father, it's through your Son who came into the world that salvation has come. That through Jesus, we have the forgiveness of sins. Through Jesus, we have a relationship with you. And so this morning, Father, we thank you that in your great love and mercy and grace, you have seen fit to redeem mankind. We, Lord, who were lost, desperately wicked. We, Lord, who were sheep going astray. We, Father, who have wandered. We have violated your holiness, your standard, your law. And we needed a Savior. And you sent Jesus to come to save people from their sins. This is the good news. This is the Christmas story. Lord, this is what this time of the year is all about. It's about Jesus, our Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And so we thank you and praise you for what you have done to bring us out of the depths of hell and you have brought us into your presence, giving to us eternal life, a place in heaven forever. Father, we thank you for that. And my prayer this morning is that each person here today knows you as their Savior, that they have personally admitted their own sins and trusted Jesus alone for their salvation. May your precious spirit work among us throughout this service. Father, you're a wonderful God, and for the love that you have shown us and demonstrated at the cross of Calvary, Father, we thank you. Now continue to use our time together to bring glory and honor to yourself, in Jesus' name, amen. Sing. 
stand with us. Joy to the world, the Savior reigns. Joy to the world, the Savior reigns. Let all their songs employ. While fields and floods, rocks for the next song. I don't know, do we have any kids still up here? Did they go down the children's church? Did they go down the children's church? Come on up. Come on. Yeah, come on up front. Anybody else? How old is the kid, right? That's the definition. All right, grab a set of bells. We need your guys' help in this song. Actually, can you hand them out, please? No, no, you're good, you're good. I think we have enough. I think we have enough. You got one? No? Okay. Anybody else? Me, no. I'll take two. You can have two. All right. We have two more. Is there two more? Two more kids? All right. All right. Come on up. All right, when we get to the chorus, it says it's Christmas. That's when you're going to do the bells, right? We're going to sing away in a manger, no bells. And then when we do it's Christmas, it goes, it's not in this key, though. It's Christmas, the angels are singing. That's the bells, all right? All right? If we hear bells otherwise, we're going to have to stop. We're not going to stop. Here we go. Oh, Lord Jesus, I see you on. 
going to sing verse 2. The cattle are low. The cattle are lowing. The baby awaits. But little Lord Jesus, no crying he makes. I love thee, Lord Jesus. Look down from the sky and stay. Christmas is right around the corner again. It seems as though it uh, was just here. But here it is again, and we thank the Lord for that. This past Wednesday night during Iwana, uh, we had our Christmas program. 
And Susan Berger had given me a book a couple years ago. Uh, it's called The Christmas Story. And in that Christmas story, we have Scripture. And Scripture is based upon two books of the Bible, Matthew and Luke. Because in those books, we have the Christmas story told. There's another book, and that's the book of Mark. And when you put those three books together, we call those the synoptic gospels. Matthew, Mark, and Luke. John is a little bit different in that John begins, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. John doesn't begin like the other Gospels begin. It takes us all the way back to the beginning in the book of Genesis where we read that God created the heavens and the earth in the beginning. But Matthew, Mark, and Luke are called synoptic Gospels because they, they come at things from the same vantage point. They have a similar view, again, in contrast to John. And so what we're going to do for the next three weeks is look at these three synoptic Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and just look at the first chapter of each. This morning, we start with Luke chapter 1. And we have in that chapter the birth of Jesus foretold. We have the angel Gabriel who comes to Mary and says to her, you will give birth to a son. As I read this morning a portion of chapter 1, I want for you to try and put yourself in the shoes of Mary. You're a teenager. You're a girl. There's no prior warning to the angel arriving. No heads up. And you are told that you will bear a child. You've never known a man. You've never been intimate. I want you, as I read, to sense the tension, the raw emotion that Mary, this young girl, must have gone through as she is told by this angelic being that she is going to give birth to a son. Luke chapter 1, beginning at verse 26. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid. Mary, you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. 
he will be great and be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be? Mary asked the angel. Since I am a virgin, the angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month. For no word from God will ever fail. Or as other translations state, for with God, nothing is impossible. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. And then the angel left her. Mary was on a roller coaster. She was troubled. She was perplexed. She was confused. The angel comes to assure her and answer her questions. And before the angel leaves, she says, not my will, but thine be done. The first emotion we see in Mary is found in verse 29 where it says, Mary was greatly troubled at his words. Troubled, meaning perplexed, meaning confused. We know she was afraid because later on the angel says, Mary, don't be afraid. And when the angel comes in the gospels to those and says, don't be afraid, it's because they were afraid. All of these emotions Mary is going through, she's greatly, deeply troubled by the words of this angel. We also read that it was the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy. We'll come back to that in just a moment. We also know that Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. Uh, to be pledged was like our engagement today, only much more binding. She's also called a virgin. She's never had that intimate relationship with any man, Joseph being included. And the angel now comes to her in verse 28 and says, Greetings. You are highly favored, and the Lord is with you. You are that special object of God's blessing. Now, what's very interesting is that it doesn't mention any worthiness on Mary's part. It's not that God looked down somehow and saw something in her. That's not how God chooses people. As a matter of fact, she states over uh, further in the same chapter, in the song that she sings after all of this transpires, in verse 46, it says, And Mary said, my, my soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices 
in God, my Savior. I'm sure Mary was pure and righteous and good. But she recognized that she herself needed a Savior. The song that Dean sung a couple of weeks ago, Mary, Did You Know? The lyrics in that song goes like this. Mary, did you know that this baby boy of yours who you have just delivered will soon deliver you? Mary recognized the fact that she needed herself a Savior. You see, the Bible says that we've all sinned and fallen short of God's glory. And that when we come into this world, we're all born in sin. All in great need of someone to save us. Someone who might come to rescue us from our sin. Sin which is violating God's holiness, being disobedient to God's law and his standard, which he has set for all of mankind. We can't live up to what God expects of us. And when we fail and when we fall, the Bible calls that sin. And thus, God sends Jesus as a Savior to come and save us from those sins. His name will be called Jesus. Why? Well, because he will save people from their sins. Everyone needs a Savior. The Bible says all have sinned and we've fallen short of God's glory. And the wages of that sin is death. The Bible says that Jesus went to the cross. And on that cross he died, not for his own sins, for he was sinless. The only person sinless so that he might die for our sins, bringing salvation and redemption. And so that's why in my prayers, I prayed a little while ago, I hope and I pray that you, at some point in your life, you have said to God that you have sinned against him, and that you recognize that in Jesus there is salvation, and is found in him alone. Believe the Bible says, in the Lord Jesus Christ, and you will be saved. These words troubled Mary. You know, some say, well, anybody would be scared if an angel showed up. That's true. But the Bible says that Mary was troubled by his words, not his appearance, although that probably was part of it. And so he said to her, you are highly favored, and the Lord is with you. And she didn't quite understand why this majestic heavenly messenger should come and greet her in such exalted words. In other words, why me, Lord? Why me? Which leads me to point number two. Because it's not just why me, but how. <laughs> how is this all going to happen? She's stunned. She's dumbfounded. She's bewildered by all of this. I use the word floored. I don't know. We don't use that word, I, don't, I, I suppose, not too much anymore. 
It means to be knocked to the ground. Have you ever been floored? You received information and it just knocked you to the the ground. But you would be too if the angel had told you the things that he told Mary. Understand what Mary has just been told. She has just been told that she, as a virgin, is now going to conceive and have a son. And she is to name this son Jesus. And he will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. And he will be given the throne of his father David, and he will reign forever, and his kingdom, it will never end. Mary's trying to process all of this. Now, all of this sounds like the Messiah, the long-awaited Messiah. And Mary is thinking through and trying to process this. And remember this. She may be only 13 years of age. Can you imagine being in her shoes, receiving all of this information? Her anxiety level has to be rising at this point. So much to think about. And so she says to the angel, how? How will all this take place? She's not asking for proof. I don't sense doubt in her mind that this will happen. She just needs more information. How can this happen to me? Have you ever heard of an oxymoron? An oxymoron? Think of these. An oxymoron is a, is a contrary, uh, two or more contrary, contradictory terms, but combined together. Like, for example, a jumbo shrimp, right? Jumbo, or a small crowd. How about a big baby? Or a little tiny elephant? Or a short weight? Now, that last one, I know John, he had to get that in because we were talking about this a little bit earlier. Decaf coffee? (laughs) But the one I want to focus on is virgin birth? A virgin pregnancy? How do you put those two together? Mary finds herself in this impossible, completely impossible situation. Everything about Mary's situation at this point is impossible. There's never been a more impossible situation than the one in which Mary finds herself right now. Have you ever heard these words? Maybe you've even said them to yourself. There's just no way. This just won't work. I can't do it. I can't handle that. I, I just, I can't keep going. I, I, I don't know that I'm going to make it. And some of us, you find yourself in that situation that seems humanly impossible. 
everything about this situation is impossible. But Mary is reassured. She says, how is this all going to happen? And the angel comes to Mary and reassures her. He reassures her. Gabriel offers her support and answers her question. And the answer he gives is one of the deepest and holiest mysteries in the whole Bible. The angel comes to Mary when she says, how is this going to be? And, she, and he says to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. The Holy Spirit will overshadow you so that the one born will be the Holy Son of God. These words express the completely miraculous nature of Mary's conception. Gabriel then offers an example of God being able to do the impossible. Uh, Gabriel says, uh, think about your relative Elizabeth for a moment. Elizabeth, the Bible says, was old. She was barren, unable to have children. And yet she's in her sixth month pregnancy. Now Mary, God performed a miracle in the womb of Elizabeth. Now in your womb, Mary, the Holy Spirit is going to bring about this child. And then the angel says to Mary these words, for nothing is impossible with God. Nothing is impossible with God. My version says no word from God will ever fail. No word from God will ever fail, for nothing is impossible with God. Would you say that with me? For nothing is impossible with God. Say it again. For nothing is impossible with God. I want those words to echo through your mind through this holiday season. You know, babies come in all shapes and sizes. Babies come with different weights and lengths, but only one baby came by the power of the Holy Spirit. And God came in human form by a virgin birth. This is one of the great miracles and mysteries in the Word of God. And Mary is told, not understanding everything, I'm sure, but she is told that with God, Mary, nothing is impossible. Mary, God can do this. God can do this. And the reaction of Mary is one of amazement. In verse 38, Mary says, I am the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled. Here we have a humble servant girl bowing down to her master. Not my will, but thine be done. Complete surrender 
total devotion, not understanding everything, but accepting it as God's will. Mary says, I will to the great I am. She actually believes in her heart of hearts that God will do something impossible. She believes that God will bring about this child through the Holy Spirit. Everything about this situation was impossible. But she is told that God is able, that God does things impossible. How will this be? How is this all going to turn out? You know, sometimes we ask those questions, don't we? Maybe you're in one of those situations where those words have been uttered by you yourself. Perhaps there's a financial situation, and you're saying, how is all of this going to pan out? Especially this time of year. Or perhaps you've lost a loved one, and you find it hard to imagine getting through a holiday season without him or her. Maybe you've lost your job, and the future looks a bit dismal. Or there's news that has come from the doctor, and you say, there's just no way that I can handle this right now. You know, we all find ourselves in these situations as Mary was, with a troubled heart, a bit confused and perplexed and puzzled about what life is about and where it's all going for me. I remind you of the words of the angel. And let me encourage you with these words. Nothing is impossible with God. Nothing is impossible with God. Father, we thank you this morning. We thank you for who you are. We thank you, Father, that you're a God who is able no matter what situation we find ourselves, no matter where we are in life right now, Father, you are able. Nothing is too hard for you. Nothing is impossible with you. And so, Father, for that one who has that troubled heart right now, a bit confused, a bit puzzled, a bit perplexed about where things are going and what, why things are happening. Father, I pray that the words of this angelic messenger of God might echo through our minds and through our hearts that we might rest in you and you alone to be our strength. Father, we thank you for these words. We thank you that you are a God who is able to do all things. Father, fill us this time of year with your joy and your peace. And may, us, may we lean and depend upon you, knowing who you are, that great, omnipotent, strong, almighty God who has come to save sinners and free them of their sins.
We thank you, Lord, for our time this day. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Take your hymn books, if you would, please, and turn with me to hymn number 107. Gentle Mary laid her child lowly in a manger. There he lay, the undefiled, to the world a stranger. Such a babe in such a place. Can he be the Savior? Ask the saved of all the race who have found his favor. I trust you have found salvation in Jesus. Let's stand together, please. Gentle Mary laid her child lowly in a manger. There he lay, defiled to the world, a stranger. Such a babe in such a place, can he be the Savior? Ask the saved of all the race. sought and found him heaven's star shone brightly for glory round him shepherds saw the wondrous sight heard the angels singing <clears throat> lit that night all the hills were But no more a stranger, son of God, the full birth, beautiful the story, praise his name. Hail the King of glory. Father, our hearts again rejoice that this babe in a manger came to save people from their sins. Father, use your word this morning to continue to work in our hearts. Father, for that one who knows not Jesus as Savior, may you use the gospel to penetrate that heart, draw them to Jesus. Father, for that troubled soul, Father, I pray that these words might be used to bring encouragement and comfort that God with you, nothing is impossible. Father, we thank you. We thank you that you're a God who can be trusted and your promises are true. We pray these things in Jesus' name.